Hello, hello, hello. What's up, ladies? What's up, gents? This is Sis Stop Soaking Podcast, and I am your host, Miss Tasha Talks Life. Hello, hello, hello. Did you miss me? <laughs> yes, I know, I know. I did not um, record last week because last week was my birthday week and I was out of town, but I am back. And I am excited. Big things are gone since the last time we met. And um, I am just grateful to be here today. I truly am. I'm full with joy, gratitude, um, peace. No, everything is not perfect. Yes, I'm going through some tough times right now. But I am still overflowing with gratitude. So let's segue into my week's recap see what had happened was i went to atlanta for the weekend extended weekend and um i was attending an author's all-star conference which was absolutely amazing um being a new author literally had just purchased my copies um and had to go on this trip uh, it was just a, it was just an awesome time. It was my first time in, in the A, <laughs> and they welcomed me, me with open arms. So I had an amazing time. Um, I went out one night with my BFF from tenth grade. Yes, we've been friends that long. Um, she recently uh, relocated. I linked up with her. We went to lunch, um, had a good time with her. Then I linked up with my cousin, who I didn't even know had moved there. Um, we had a great time, great dinner, amazing food. Um, and then I was two days at this conference, and I learned so much as a new author. I'm just ready to take my coaching, my book, and just go to the next level. Um, so you guys stay tuned because some big things are about to happen in 2022. You've heard it here first. <laughs> and um, yeah, so let's start this topic with my quote. Um, I have two of them actually today because I like them both and they both are very um, sig significant and specific to what we're going to talk about today. So the first quote. Although anxiety is part of life, never let it control you. And that's by Polo Colo. I'm I'm so sorry, I can't pronounce his last name, but Polo. Um, oh, although anxiety is part of life, never let it control you. I that resonates so deep with me. And then the second one is chaos of the mind is inevitable, but control is possible. And that too resonates so deeply with me. And here's why. On my on my way home from Atlanta, I was on the plane. Um, this plane was a little bit smaller than the one going. Um, it was it was weird because I was sitting. I always um, need to sit by the window. I'll I'll tolerate the aisle, but I really would prefer to sit by the window, right? So going to Atlanta, they had me sitting in the middle. And I was like, nah. <laughs> so I, and cause you know, today you can't really, when you book flights, you can't choose your seats unless you're doing first class, which that's my next thing because I, I'm not with this, not choosing my seat. When I was um, 
checking in and getting my boarding pass or whatever, I was able to see where my seat was. And then they do give you an option at that moment to change your seat. And there weren't many seats. Um, there were, it was a full flight. So I ended up paying $30 to get the one seat that was by the window. And it was, it was worth the $30. Now going home, it was the same thing. I was sitting, they had me sitting in the middle and um, I was able to upgrade another $30 to sit by the window. So when I did that upgrade, and it's funny because going to Atlanta, the middle seat, although I had upgraded to sit by the window, that middle seat was empty. So the guy sat in the aisle and the middle seat was empty and I sat by the window, which was cool. But um, coming home from Atlanta, it was a really, it was a full flight and there was a girl sitting in the middle and a guy on the end and I was by the window. Now, I, I got onto the plane and as soon as I sat down, um, my window was a little bit, it wasn't directly by me, it was a little bit behind. But as soon as I got down, I sat down, I felt extremely claustrophobic. If anybody that knows me, I suffer from claustrophobia because of a traumatic experience that happened to me when I was a child. Um, a childhood friend of mine, their brother, put me in the trunk of an old brown hoopty. I was probably about eight years old. The only memory I have is kicking um, and screaming as he carried me to this trunk. So I see the trunk, I see it closing on me. Um, I don't remember, I don't have the memory of it opening and somebody taking me out. I don't remember how long I was in there. I don't remember any of that. But ever since then, I struggled with a simple blanket being thrown over my head. I struggle with standing in an elevator with too many people in it. I struggle with just tight, closed spaces. I could never get an MRI in that little coffin-like um, machine that they had. Like, it would never happen. When I first went uh, to get an MRI and they put me on, I almost lost it. And they had to, like, take me out. So I had to reschedule and go to one that had the open sides or the stand-up. So it, it's pretty bad. So I'm on the plane and I'm starting to feel my chest, my chest tightening. Um, I'm getting anxious, right? My, my anxiety levels is rising. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm like, God, please, I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose it. And these people are going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to end up on someone's social media. I'm going to go viral. <laughs> the plane is going to get stopped. People need to get home to their families. I'm going to hold them up. Like I'm thinking all of these things. And as I'm thinking it, it's getting worse. So now I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? What can I do? I can't get out now to get out. Like I, I wanted to flee and I couldn't do that because people, are, you know how the plane is. The aisle is ridiculous. People are standing, people are sitting and I'm just like, oh my God. I open up the window that helped a smidge because now I can see out, right? That helped a smidge. I turn on the fan, the little fan. I even turned on the girl's fan and turned it towards me um, just to get some air. And I'm like, oh my God. And for a split second, I almost, I almost lost it. I didn't even, it was so bad that I almost forgot my techniques and my strategies and things that I use to help me, right? So this is not the first time that I've dealt with claustrophobia plus anxiety rising, which led to a severe panic attack. Before I get into ways that I control my anxiety and ways that, you know, help me, um, 
I want to read a chapter from my book, um, Sis Stop Sulking, God's Plan is Greater, How to Grow Forward from Past Pain. I want to read this chapter because it talks about it talks about a moment that I had, and it also somehow is missing in the table of contents. So when you go to the table of contents, it's not there. Um, and I don't know how that happened, but I do want to read it because it does speak to anxiety and how I, a moment that I, I struggled. So I'm probably not going to read the whole thing, but um, the title is She Decided to Live on page 103, if you want to read it for yourself. An excellent woman, one who is spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous. One who is he who can find her? Her value is more precious than jewels, and her worth is far above rubies or pearls. Proverbs 31 and 10. That's just a scripture that I introduced with. Mental illness has become a massive topic of discussion in the last couple of years. As a kid, it wasn't something that we discussed in my family or community. I remember one or two crazy people in my neighborhood walking around mumbling to themselves. They never really bothered anyone, but people bothered them. Always laughing at them, making them say stupid things. I remember constantly feeling bad for those people. What happened to them? Why are they like this? Where are their families? I'm the type that always wants to know the backstory. I always wanted to learn more about a situation, still do. I believe we all have some struggles with mental mind control. I think that's, that is the enemy attempted to distract us and take control of our minds. One day I was driving with my son in the car. It was late and very dark outside. I'm driving on a one lane street going north while my baby is sleeping. As I move towards home, I hear a whisper tell me to steer into the lane headed south. It startled me a bit. Why in the world would I do that? I thought. I heard it again. It was a little louder. I didn't understand what was going on. This was the first time I'd ever encountered a voice this clear and strong before. I'm staring at the bright lights headed towards me. I begin to think, would anyone miss me? Would I die? What about my sweet boy? What about the other driver? Maybe they had a kid in the car. Why would I do that? The devil is a liar, I mumbled. Then I repeated it a little louder, feeling more assertive in my stance. The devil is a liar. The voice immediately ceased. My chest began to get tight. My breaths became shallow. What is this? I held my chest, rolled down my window for fresh air, and drove the rest of the way home. Pulling into the driveway, I felt the wet tears rolling down my face. My chest is rising and falling so quickly. I turned off the car, grabbed my son, and hurried into the house. My mother was in the kitchen when I stormed in. She knew something was wrong. By this time, I was panting like a dog that had just played fetch on a football field with tears the size of grapes falling down my face. I whispered, I couldn't breathe. My mother sprang into action. She was urging me to calm down, asking me what had happened. I felt like I was going to flatline right there. I am severely claustrophobic, so grasping for air was heightened to the 10th power. My mother gave me some water to drink. I had never been so scared in my entire life. Adding to the pressure of everything that happened that night, I was a recovering control freak who felt out of control. My mother, seeing me, seeing how destroyed I was, played the only card she had left. She began to pray. She began patting and rubbing my back and asking God to calm my spirit. I closed my eyes and joined in. It's something about the name Jesus. The tears continued to flow, but this time in relief. 
My chest loosened up. Fresh air began to pass through my airways like someone had opened a window. I opened my eyes, inhaled a huge sigh of relief, and fell into the to my mom's arms like a baby ready to go to bed. That was the first time I experienced mental warfare, but certainly not the last. I'd experienced this mental warfare of a panic attack two more times to date. One landed me in the emergency room. That was the first time that I had ever experienced a panic attack, anxiety, or something so diabolical that would make me or, 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 or put me in that state. And back then, this is when my oldest son was about three or four. So he's 19 now. So back then I didn't have the resources, the tools, the personal development, any of that to combat those thoughts and those feelings, except for my relationship with God. Not my religion, my relationship. If it wasn't for that, I believe I could have lost my mind. I believe I could have harmed myself, my child, and someone else. And so I was talking to a friend um, the other day, and we were talking about how Christians or people with that have faith and you know, have a higher power, whatever that may be. Um, we have a source, we have a resource, right? But what about those that don't have someone or something that they can turn to for encouragement, for faith, for strength, for reassurance? That must be hard and heavy. And I'm not saying that Christians don't commit suicide or Christians don't harm themselves or whatever. But for me, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for his son, Jesus, if it wasn't for my control, I would be dead a long time ago. I would have been dead a long, long time ago. And I don't mean to get dark and I don't mean to get, you know, scary, but that's the God's honest truth. So knowing or having that relationship is what saves my life daily. And in that moment on the plane, that is exactly what I did. I closed my eyes and I began to pray. And it's funny because a lot of times, you know, people, oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we think, no. I sometimes talk to him like I talk to you. I talk to him and I'm like, Lord, now you know, I can't cut up in this place right now. Lord God, please help me control my mind, Father God. My job is not done. And I'd be like, please. <laughs> um, and so I prayed. I started um, to manage my breathing. I was inhaling, exhaling super slow, relaxing all the muscles in my body, looking out the window, realizing that, Father God, I am on a plane. I am safe. I'm coming home to my family. And I, and I was good. And it, it, it ceased and I, then I went to sleep. <laughs> but if I didn't have these resources or these strategies to help me, and that's what I think about sometimes when you see people losing their mind, um, especially like if they're not on drugs, because, you know, drugs can do a whole different type of thing, play tricks on you, whatever. But 
when I when you see people losing their mind and instead of judging them or saying that they're crazy, just um, you know, have empathy or sympathize with them and just knowing that something is going on, something is lacking, right? And just pray for their spirit, pray for their soul. So I just wanted to um just to share that and just know that um if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with panic attacks, you are not alone, but there are ways to control it, right? Chaos of the mind is inevitable, but control is possible. Although anxiety is part of life, never let it control you, right? And three things that I do to control my anxiety, three ways that I control panic, because panic attacks to me is the worst thing ever because of my claustrophobia. It, it I can't breathe, so it just heightens and it just makes things a lot worse. So before it gets there, I immediately uh, reach out to my God. I pray, I meditate, and I control my breathing. I take deep breath. That that breathing, like even if you don't have time to meditate or if you don't have time to pray, which prayer could be two seconds, right? I trust you, God, Father, God, thank you right now for everything, like quick. But even if you don't do those two things, just taking a deep breath, inhaling and exhaling two times it's such a calm that comes over your body like there's times when i'm working and i may be starting to get frustrated and i just take a deep breath in and out and i'm like okay let's re let's regroup let's restart right so um i pray i meditate and i control my breathing and then also not worrying like if it's not about claustrophobia but it's about um, an interview or it's about um, meeting someone for the first time or it's about not having the money to pay your bills or the bill collectors are calling and you, you, you before you answer your anxiety whatever not worrying until you have to worry and here's what I mean tomorrow is not promised and you can't control tomorrow you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow so if a bill is due and you don't have the money today don't worry about it until you have to worry. Like you're worrying about things that you can't control. That's causing anxiety and you don't and you can't control it, right? Or worrying about the past. It happened already. Like for right like for example, I sold over 85 books. I've sold almost all of my first order of books. A whole chapter is not represented in the table of context. It's in the book, but it's not represented on the tape in the table of context. I can be so upset. I can be like, oh my God, when people read my book and they see this chapter is missing, first of all, right? Oh my goodness, I sold all of these books and it's not right. It's not perfect. Why am I worried? It's it's done. It's done. It's what well, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm here. My book is still going to touch people, still going to impact people and change lives, right? Why am I worrying about something that already happened? It's like, um, what's the saying? Um, not worrying about spilled milk or something like that, right? It's already spilled. It's already, just clean it up. Let's just move forward. So my next order, it will be corrected, right? So not worrying until I have to worry. And then the third thing, third and final thing, finding something to consciously celebrate in every situation, in every moment. Right. So while I was on the plane headed home, 
and I was almost about to lose it, the thing that I found to celebrate was it was my birthday. I made it around the sun one more year. Like that is God to, to God be the glory. That was my celebration. I'm sitting here freaking out about to shut the whole plane down. Right. But it's my birthday. Another year of life. I am so blessed and honored. A woman just died at 40 years old of COVID healthy woman. I had COVID at 40 years old. I am here today. God is good. Why am I? No, mm -mm. I'm always going to consciously celebrate, always going to express gratitude in the moment. It could be a whole full out incident, full out. And you know where I get that from? I get that from my father. My father is always looking for the positive in something and anything. And as a younger girl, I would not, I could not understand it. I would be so vexed, ready to just fly off the handle, retaliate, whatever it is. And he would always find something positive. And I just like, I just can't like, he's just like, oh, you're so perfect. No, he's just choosing peace. <laughs> so Three ways that I control my anxiety, pray, meditate, control my breathing, not worrying until I have to worry and finding something to consciously celebrate in the moment. Those are three ways that I do. I mean, there's many, many more, but these are the top three ways that I used in that moment on the airplane. I hope this helps you. I hope that, you know, if you are struggling with anxiety that you um, maybe write down those quotes and read them to yourself. Keep them maybe in a pocketbook, put them on a mirror, because that is so true. If you can control your mind, you can control your life. And that's on multiple levels. So I'm going to switch this segment to our mindset declarations. At this time, if you have a pen and you want to write these affirmations down, you can do so. If you do not have a pen and you're in a situation where you're, you're not able to write it down, you can always come back to it. But I do urge you in this moment to repeat them after me. There is power in these two small but impactful words, I am. Some of them don't say I am, they just say I. I make up some of these on my own and then some I get from other sources. Uh, two of these are coming from hope-wellness.com and two of them are mine. Okay, so here it is. Repeat after me. I control my mind. I control my life. I am stronger than my current situation. The point of power is always in the present moment. I cross all bridges with joy and ease. And this is episode 14, which is a wrap. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow the show so you know when every um, when new episodes are dropping every Monday. Be sure to um, follow me on Instagram at TashaTalksLife.com. If you would like to purchase a copy of the book, you may do so at www.sisstopsulking.com. And lastly, I have a community, a Facebook group community, Ladies Living Life. It is a community that is growing exponentially daily, and I am so excited and happy 
to have this community. Um, my team and I are working on bringing some valuable content, bringing some guest speakers, bringing some type of events, whether virtual or in person, to Ladies Living Life. So please go over to Facebook and search Facebook groups, Ladies Living, L-I-V-I-N apostrophe, Life. We would love to have you. And remember the best part, your past does not dictate your future. Till next time, peace.